yeah, that's a wizard. A hundred percent. Calling the game right now. I'm dressed like the Michelin man, ready to get my f**k on. A really good team that shouldn't have been. Oh, seven different teams won conference championships. U of A, not one of them. I just wanted to point that out. Welcome, everybody, to the Sports Experience Podcast. I'm Dom here, sitting alongside Chris, and uh, we got some uh, college action today. Yeah, we're talking college basketball, man. Yeah, we are talking about one of the best teams, regular season teams we've probably seen in the last quarter century. Oh, absolutely. Featured a cast of characters on the team. Uh, They made uh, a very deep postseason run, but just could not finish the job after an undefeated regular season. That's right. We're talking about the 2003-2004 St. Joseph's Hawks. And uh, yeah, going to get into a little backstory here. Um, St. Joseph's, if you didn't know, is located in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Uh, always sunny fans out there. Um, they were a good program in the 1960s. They're a very small Catholic school. Um, I'll get into that later with kind of some of their rivalries and the conference that they play in. Um, they were coached by Dr. Jack Ramsey of ESPN and uh, Portland Trailblazers head coaching fame. He won an NBA title after he left St. Joe's. Yeah. Uh, in uh in portland um then um they were pretty good under jim boyle uh during the 19- the early 1980s but from 86 87 to 99 2000 um they only made the tournament one time and you kind of see college basketball starting to shift away um as far as them being super competitive but in 95 96 they hire phil martelli as their head coach and he uh, is their head coach on this uh, 2003 and 2004 team. Well, you see a lot of the shift away from these programs that at one point, I feel like parents were like, nah, you're going to a good Catholic school. And then it yeah. kind of shifted to like, nah, you're going to a, a good school. Yeah. Do you want to play in the NBA one day? Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it shifted from like that. Yeah. Um, in 96, 97, though, they have a really good year um, as a number four seed. Um, they made it all the way to the Sweet uh, 16 that year. But by 2000, 2001, they start um, – this is kind of like their core of the modern era, their best teams that they have. Yeah. They um, have three NCAA tournament runs in four years, and they are just the dominant force in the Atlantic 10 Conference. Um, Temple and UMass, after Calipari left UMass, and then Temple just kind of falls off the table during this era. So it's really St. Joseph's uh, Conference to lose – um, in 2000, 2001, they win the Atlantic 10. They're a nine seed, but uh, they're bounced in the second round after a 26 and seven record, which isn't too bad That's at really all. That's really good, yeah. Yeah. Um, the following season, 2001, 2002, um, they made the NIT, um, led by senior Marvin O'Connor, but um, they lost um, in the uh, the following year, they lo- lose the A-10 tourney to Dayton, and they lose in the second round that year of the NIT to Ball State. But 2002, 2003 is like, obviously it's the season before the one we're going to talk about, but it's super important because they finish 25 and seven, they win the A-10 title, and they have a core of really good players who are now upperclassmen. They're not quite, they're basically all juniors, but they have a great year. Guys, point guard Jameer Nelson, Delonte West, Pat Carroll, um, John Bryant, um, Tyrone Barley and uh, Dwayne Jones, but unfortunately, after making the tournament, they lose in the first round, 65-63 to Auburn. But luckily for them, all of these guys come back. I was just going to say, this is when you see a team 
really because you, it's hard to get guys together for two years, let alone three, let alone four. And these guys are really together for f this four-year stint. Yeah. And when they come back, it is really, you can tell, they just know what it is to play on, on a team together. Well, and to me, I think that's a huge advantage in today's college basketball. And I think that's why you see more tournament upsets than like ever now. Oh, yeah. Is especially with the one and done rule, there's no like real cohesion amongst like the best programs. No, there's a lot of individual selfish play on those teams. And then you see a team that's like a real team come in and, and beat them. And and it's awesome. I love it. Oh, yeah. And they catch they just catch them on the wrong day. Yeah. You know, and that that happens. To, I'm sure statistically. You know, I could look it up, but I think that happens a lot more now than it used to when yeah, we were younger. Definitely. Um, yeah, they. Um, it's it's crazy because you have this loaded team at a very small school that's not like a basketball powerhouse, but they're prepping themselves, and because all these guys are coming back, the national media has taken notice, and they're ranked heading into that final, the two thousand three two thousand four season. They're ranked sixteenth to yeah. start the season, which is pretty dang incredible. Um, well, just for this team in this small conference, like that, that's because we were talking about, we really see the shift away from these small conferences even getting any love. So it's, it's yeah, being 16th coming in. Yeah, and they start the year off. Um, yeah, ranks 16, 17 in another poll. Um, November 14th, 2003, they open the regular season with another school in kind of their position uh, number play, 10 number 10 they play gonzaga who's now become a national powerhouse i thought one of the best quotes that i saw from this was the coach phil uh, martinelli martelli martelli said we're gonna make saint joseph's the gonzaga of the east yeah and he did not do that but it, it was when you have three future nbaers on your yes. roster though you have a good chance of having a good season he was trying to build this hype for this team and they go in right away and beat a number 10 gonzaga and, and you see like oh adam morrison was on that team yep. yeah, we check out that episode. episode they won uh 73 to 66 and it was at a neutral site they played him in uh, madison square garden yeah from msg the, yeah um, then they play Boston University, win by 15 points. Um, the, this is probably their closest game of the year. They play in the regular season. Uh, they narrowly avoid defeat against Old Dominion. Oh, yeah, the following that. game, yeah. 75 to 72. Um, then they just start reeling them off, um, beating San Francisco, 84 to 52. And then they have this is a little college basketball type history. They play at this. Um, run of games at the palestra and did you do any research on that no it's, what was that one so the palestra is where university of pennsylvania also located in philadelphia um it was built in the 20s and it looks like a hoosier's gym oh yeah where the the bleachers there's no barrier between the bleachers and the floor and it's like considered one of like the most it's like where college basketball almost began and they it's very important because teams they, they call it the big five so it's St. Joseph's, Villanova, Pennsylvania, Temple, and LaSalle. All of them are located in Philadelphia, and they all play there. Um, uh, Saint jo they all have their own like home courts, like St. Joseph's is called Hagen Arena. But, but this court is so important that they take games and they play it almost like a neutral site. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah, they beat uh, Pencil uh, Penn at uh, the Palestra. Um, then they beat Boston College by 10. So they're beating Big East teams. Yep. And by this point, they're ranked 12th 
you know, granted, you still have the Dukes and the Stanford. Stanford was undefeated for a lot of the season, yep. too. Um, but they just keep reeling them off. They beat Drexel, also another Philadelphia school, by 22. Um, then they play USC in uh, December and they at a neutral site, and they end up beating them 59 to 57. So they keep reeling them off. Pacific that year made the tournament. They beat them by 18. And then... Um, beat Delaware uh, d- December 30th, 2003 by 20 points and they're 10-0 and and now they're ranked 10th. I mean, they're, they're just reeling them off and Nelson is playing amazing. I was just going to say, Jameer Nelson has been like, in this season, you see him as their point guard just like dominating. And he's listed as six feet tall. I'm 5'10 and a half. That's probably closer to what, but he played so big. Yeah. No, seriously. And the cool thing about this team, um, I don't know if you had seen um, from any of the games, they were very small. Yes. They really Almost they, at every position. Yeah, almost at every position, um, except Dwayne Jones, their center, was 6'11". Yep. But they would roll out lots of lineups with four guards. They would, And they were an excellent shooting team. Um, they're uh, starting uh, four of their starting five, obviously the guards, they finished the year at above 50% shooting from the field and over 40 from three-point range. Well, I felt like they were knowledgeable enough as a team to where they could go small when it was beneficial and a lot of teams just couldn't match up against it. Yeah, they couldn't match up against the speed and they played um, pressure defense. Yep. Like they made you fight for every inch on that court as far as bringing the ball down. But they're 10-0 and before um, Atlantic 10 play. So everything's kind of shaking out like most people think, though. You know, like, do they think they'll finish the conference season without a loss? Probably maybe one or two. Yeah. But but they're definitely looking at this as a top 10 team right away. Yeah. And then after beating George Washington and Richmond, they're ranked ninth. And they're just they just keep kind of slowly moving up as these bigger schools, you know, like eventually lose because that, you know, law of averages says that's going to happen. Beating Duquesne and Pittsburgh. And then um, they go to the Bronx and beat Fordham 79 to 35. I know that one was pretty ridiculous. Like th- that's what's so crazy is their, their team, they were so good on offense and defense. They had a over 10 point point differential. Well, that's what I mean. They were a real team coming, all coming back together and having this, you know what I mean? Understanding with each other. This is probably one of the last teams that's, existed that had something like that yeah that had the kind of cohesion and the veteran leadership and everything else um like that but yeah 30 uh 44 points didn't you say your uncle coached there yeah my uncle coached uh, assistant coach for fordham for like a decade and then head coach for one year oh wow yeah pretty cool back in like the 90s so nice yeah he said head coaching was the worst position (laughs) ever and it was a huge mistake so no yeah Lots of pressure, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It was just he said it was completely different from assistant being the assistant coach. You would show to show up and do a shoot around, and then being like the head coach, you would have to explain why you called a play to alumni who really have no idea anything about <laughs> basketball. And he was just like, "Oh my god, it was the worst." Oh man, <laughs> sounds depressing. Yeah. Um, beat Xavier uh, in, in Cincinnati, uh, eighty-one to seventy-three, and then the following Wednesday. January 21st, 2004, they're ranked third, and they just kick the crap out of UMass. They yep. beat them by 25, I believe, in Amherst. And then 
They have three road games coming up. Technically, two of them I won't consider road games because it's uh, Temple and Villanova. Um, but they beat St. Bonaventure, beat Temple, beat Villanova, and scored 114 against LaSalle or um, uh, against St. Bonaventure in the second matchup. Which is pretty ridiculous in a college game. Like, to go over 100 is is ridiculous. To break 80 is yeah. tough. I mean, <laughs> scoring more than that. They're just draining threes all night. And then they beat uh, LaSalle by 26 at the Palestra, and then Dayton by 14. And then Valentine's Day, they win uh, against Rhode Island, and they move up to number two. They're at number two. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, my God. And I remember reading articles about this. Uh, like, you never w- would have expected them. No, no, not to be number two. To lose. That's what I mean. Everybody was expecting them to get a couple of losses under their belt and be, you know, still a great team. Everybody saw them as a great team, but not to be like this. Yeah. And then they go and be Fordham again. Then they're 23, you know. And then they beat Temple by 23 at the Palestra. And then UMass by another 25 points. <laughs> like, so, they're, I mean, they're really kicking the shit out of teams, too. That's the other thing is they're not just beating them. Like, they're really handling all this Atlantic 10 teams. They're really beating them. Yeah, and when you look at, I mean, Nelson was averaging over 20 a game. West yes. was almost at 19. Pat Carroll, who's now an NBA, like, executive, yep. was dropping 10. And then you had Barley, Dwayne Jones, and Chet Statutis all averaging a, a seven to six points a game. So they ran really like with a seven-man rotation. So like you have bench players who can yeah. also do really well. But after um, beating uh, Rhode Island in another close game, uh, in their last game, they beat St. Bonaventure by 32 to finish the year 27-0. and 0. They, they didn't lose. They no. just didn't lose. And because of that win... They were finally ranked number one. Yep, at, right at the last game. Yeah, the yeah. last game, they were ranked number one. And they go into the Atlantic 10 tournament and promptly lose that number one ranking. Which is kind of ridiculous to think that they went so hard and they beat these Atlantic 10 teams so much and then go and lose in this Atlantic 10 tourney. Yeah, it's kind of... And it's weird because they when they Xavier has a good team. I think they, they might did. have made the tournament that yeah. year, but they lost by twenty. I know in the opening game. It's crazy. Like it was almost like they had turned it off. If that makes sense, like they were like, "All right, season's over. We're done." And that's like all the other teams were like, "No, no, no season's starting now." Yeah, no, it's like this is actual March Madness. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Xavier beats them in the first game, and a lot of talk heading in because when they you know had the tournament draw. People were wondering, where would you seed a team like this? It's such a weird... And people were talking crap about them. Yeah. Like, oh, look what happens. You know, they've run out of gas at this point. But the people, the tournament selection people, they give them a number one seed. Which kind of makes sense because if you look at it as an overall arc, they have one loss. It's against Xavier. It's not crazy. And that's why giving them one of the four number one seeds seems... Uh, appropriate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they go um, into the East. Um, they play the 116 and beat Liberty by 19 points. Yeah. Then a lot of people were picking them to lose in the second round. I saw that. Because they drew Bob Knight in yeah. Texas Tech. And they handle him. They beat him by five points. It was a really tough game, but they really pulled it out. And then comes one of the better college basketball games I've ever watched. They play Wake Forest yeah. and CP3. And he was also a senior that year. 
Like, he stayed for all four years. Was it? Years. Yeah. Was it his senior year, too? Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that's interesting. Yeah, and it's a back-and-forth game. Wake yep. Forest is really good. Um, they're ranked fourth. Like, Wake Forest is ranked fourth overall. Yeah, yeah. And, um, or no, 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 that's the following for- game. They yeah. were ranked in the top 25, though. And they end up pulling it out on a late shot, 84 to 80. They finish them off. And they're in the elite. They're one game away from the final four where nobody thought they would be able to go. In the elite eight, coming up against Oklahoma State, mm-hmm. who has a good team. That's what you, you were just going to say. That's, this is what's yeah. ridiculous is they are really one of the better teams in this year. And they were ranked fourth. They were ranked I mean, fourth. So, I mean, they're number two seed. I yeah. mean, it's like, what are you going to do? Um, they're playing them in East Rutherford, New Jersey. And St. Joe's has control of this game for a pretty long period of time. It's close, but they're kind of just inching away. Well, I've heard them say was like they almost got complacent, and it was like we they really should have took a stranglehold on this game. Turned up, and the they heat. that's the thing is they let Oklahoma State come back when they really shouldn't. They let them hang around for too yep. long. It, they they could never. They had the lead most of the game, but they could never just break like away. Go on like an eight zero run yep. to kind of just like stick the dagger in. And in the closing seconds, uh, John Lucas III made a three-pointer with St. Joseph's up one to give with Oklahoma one, State yeah, a 1.562 victory. Yeah, which I just want to say this. It was so sad. And it, you watch, the, if, you, if you go back and watch this play, the look on the St. Joseph's players' faces is it's almost like disbelief. Yeah, it's like, you know, you see teams make Cinderella runs to the tournament or to the Final Four all the time. I mean, it's just kind of what happens the way college basketball's playoff system is structured. They, yeah. They were so good and so dominant. And throughout the entire year, people were talking crap. The only ranked team they played in the regular season was Gonzaga. I thought that was interesting because I remember this when it was happening, and that's not something that I would have – you know what I mean? I never would have said that. I would have been like, no, they definitely played more ranked teams nope. than, just Gonz- than literally just their first game. That was something else that was ridiculous. So Yeah, but even when the tournament started, as the road got harder with teams like Texas Tech and Wake, um, Forest. Wake Forest, you're like, no, they're capable they're of great beating team. these quality teams. Yeah. You know? That's why I think the number one ranking was right for when they gave it to them and their team just with, I'm just saying Jameer Nelson was great in those and Delonte West. He was the floor general, him and West who was playing the two guard. I mean, they were like the scoring machines for them, but they just played so well together as a team with all their pieces and Martelli using them right, you know, with a smaller roster Yeah, and going up against these really good teams and, in March and basically almost shocking the world by going to the final four. I know that would have been great. And that final four was a great one too. The year that UConn won. Yep. Um, yeah, that was just a fantastic game and a fantastic team. And, uh, yeah. Thank you everybody for listening. Yeah. Thank you.